motivated? Get educated. Get growing your property empire with the How To Property Podcast with your host, Ryan Luke. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, this week I have my good friend Christine from over the pond joining me. Uh, she uh, owns a company called Life with Passion, a uh, Facebook group and everything else that goes with it. And um, it's just a, an amazing human being who always brings a smile to my face. And um, we always seem to make each other um, connect and you know push each other and um, everything else with it. So I thought I would get her kind spirit on and hopefully she can spread some of the love. And, um, you know, I think one thing I've noticed about Christine is, you know, unbelievable work ethic, uh, really goes the extra mile for her clients. And I kind of just thought it'd be a good idea to have a chat. I know um, the podcast is very property specific, but over the last few weeks, we've been having, you know, various people on from marketing, brand development, business. And I think Ultimately, getting into property is a business at the end of the day. And I think a lot of core principles in every business relate to a property business. So welcome, Christine, and thank you very, very much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Ryan. I'm honored. <laughs> I know the honor's all mine. Trust me. Um, so where should we start? Um, what are we up to at the minute? Or, or let, let's start with your your story. So kind of your story into entrepreneurism, um, you know, what made you do it? How hard did you find it? What struggles did you have? Because I think a lot of my listeners are um, in that phase of starting that new journey, getting into their, their, their business venture and, you know, maybe sort of running it as a side hustle at the minute, possibly around another job and, yeah. um, and, and then, you know, really just looking for that kickstart. Yeah. Well, um, joking, not joking, my plan was to study at Oxford and marry a man from England, and that didn't happen. So I studied, I got half of that. I studied at Oxford. I did not meet a man. (laughs) So I came back to the States, and I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I really didn't feel like I had the path. And I think this is because I I believe that most of us are trained to be really, really good employees from the time we enter school unless we had some really kind of non-traditional background. From the minute we become students, we're taught to uh, be okay when a teacher tells us we're okay, right? And then if we go to university, when a professor tells us we're okay, we got the A, we got the grade, we got the marks, we got the things, we got the degree. And then it's when we get a job and a boss tells us we're okay. You know, we rely on our CV to get us promotions, our work ethic to get us a right, like whatever it is. And so for those of us that that doesn't work for, and I was one of them, it it's like a conflict. It's that cognitive dissonance, right? But we don't know how to do something we haven't been taught to do, you know? And for a lot of us, we're so scared. And I was so scared to just try things. Because I knew how to play the game of being a really good student and being a really good employee. And that felt safe to me. Hmm. And I am a high achiever. And so I got the grades. I got the scholarships. I got everything. And I was like, well, but this doesn't give me the life that I want, right? I don't want someone else telling me what to do. Probably the same reason all of us are doing this. We want freedom to do what we want. Like, you're so amazing at this, Ryan. You're like, I'll get up in the morning, I'll do my work, and then I'll do whatever the heck I want for the rest of the day. Like, that's so inspiring, right? And so I wanted that, but I didn't know how. So 
I started an online marketing agency on the side of my first job. I became a university professor when I was 23. It was never my plan, but it was an opportunity. And so I took it and I started like basically the exact same time. In 2005, I started my business when I started my job. It took me five years to work my way out of my job, not because I wasn't capable, but because I was so scared. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when I finally quit, I replaced my take-home income in the very first month. And I was like, why didn't I do this sooner? Why did I slave away in this job that I hated, you know, in this toxic environment? But there it is. I did it. I finally did it. I was like, okay, this is great. That was like, mm, I was good at it. I never had to market my online marketing agency. I was booked out. It was fine. It's my first six-figure business. But I knew there was another level for me. Again, I was scared. This is such a theme. Like how many yeah. of us are dealing like with fear on an everyday basis? And it wasn't until I went through the tragic loss of my first daughter, who was stillborn at full term um, in almost exactly six years ago, that I took a look at my life and I said, like, I this the worst thing that I could ever fear happening has happened. Yeah. And so if that's happened, I literally starting another business. That's not scary anymore, right? It was a total perspective change for me. And it was also kind of a driver because I wanted to make something positive out of this terrible thing that had happened, right? So um, I hired my first coach to help me. What I thought at the time was to, um, to improve my online marketing business. And what came out of that was pulling my zone of genius that I had already been doing out of yeah. my business and starting a new one, which is Life with Pat. And um, it was and exciting and it still is but five and a half years later I'm helping people all over the world and I feel like I found my life's work and I love it and I get to meet people like you so thank you <laughs> awesome yeah I mean <clears throat> the fear of of ripping the security away prevents yep. probably so many people that are capable from never doing it at all and um, I see this all the time when we're speaking to potential clients who want to you know come on board or they want a bit of help or even just in the Facebook groups you know you can yeah. see by some of the questions they're asking they're so fearful of taking the plunge and um, unfortunately the definition of an entrepreneur is someone who takes financial risk for financial gain and if you want to be that person you're gonna have to take some risks and yeah. it is you know and then and then you come on to the second point which is when do you leave the security of the job? And everyone's like, when I get to this or when I replace my income or whatever. But I think once you – I've kind of changed my perception on this. I think if you've got something that's working, even if it's at a low level lower than your income and you're doing that as a side hustle, then if you went full-time at that, you're going to you're gonna earn more than your, your income quite quickly. You know, you said you did it in the first month. You know, it's, um, it, you, you're putting an extra five days a week into that business. And, you know, and you build, this is how the property game works as well. People do it on a weekend to start off with, or they do it on a night after work and they get, you know, I got, I acquired loads of properties before, you know, I made the full-time leap. So I was doing that on the side and then I went full-time and it just exploded because I have so much time to then make the business more efficient, work with people, track the business, treat it like a business rather than a hobby. And that's an, a key, a key point as well. And, yeah. um, Taking that security away obviously does give you a bit more drive as well, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 And I, yeah, that's such a good point because, like, people 
are like, oh, I need this much money in the bank or whatever. For me, I needed to have to make it work. Like my husband and I, we had like combined student loan debt of our combined incomes. And we had two houses because it was the middle of the housing crisis here. And when I quit and, uh, and it was like, oh, no, 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 there is no safety net. Like Christine <laughs> has to make this work. What was that like for you? I'm curious, Ryan, with, with you and your, your wife, like, was she scared for you to make the leap? Yeah. 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 I think, um, I think anyone is, I mean, even now, you know, I've started investing over in Dubai, which is another country, you know, repeating the same model that I've done, you know, here. And, um, even now everyone's like, are you sure? be careful you know and you're like I, th- I think I know what I'm doing you know like not in an arrogant way just like okay I've, I've tried and tested it I know I've got enough cash flow to support it if it doesn't work it's not like I'm risking the house on this you know and uh, it's a calculated decision and I've done the analysis that I've done so well here and it's worked so yes it's a different country but um you know, you, all you had to do was be on the Airbnb marathon the other week on Clubhouse and listen to all the experts across the world that are making it work. It's not just working in the UK. It works in every state in the US. It works in Australia. It works in Japan. You know, there was all sorts of people speaking from all over the world, and they all echoed the same thing. They were repeating the same model, putting a different spin on it and making it work. And um, so I think, fortunately for me, I am – probably a bit selfish so people might tell me things but and I might acknowledge that I've listened but really I'm going to do what I want to do anyway yeah. so I would always like, I don't really let people influence my decisions mm-hmm. in that regard mm-hmm. um, and that has allowed me to push on don't get me wrong at times it has probably got me in trouble a bit but I think that sort of um, mindset is something that you need at times to push on especially when close friends and family and, and people who have this all the time will be trying to hold you back not because they don't want you to succeed but they just don't want to see the safety net go or they don't want to see anything harmful come from it or you know or anything you know greater than that but you know in your experience as you've as you've you know passionately shared losing a business is nowhere near what you've been through so mm-hmm. what you know it's it's nothing compared to that you know yes you might get a bad credit rate and then you might get yourself into debt and you might have to go bankrupt but yeah. at least you tried and yeah. at least you tried to make something of it and i would say Nine times out of 10, if you're quietly confident about it and you put enough work into it, it will work. Yeah. You know, you won't be bankrupt. You'll actually be quite well off quite quickly. And, and all of a sudden, you know, your life changes. Yeah. And, um, and I think it, it, it's, a, it's a, I mean, how do you overcome that with your clients? That's mm. probably a good question to ask. Yeah. You know, we talk about us all the time and we talk about how we do it, but let's talk about how we overcome it with clients. Yes, I love that. I'm in the middle of this with a client right now who's having a huge conflict with her husband over the fact that she's making it, she's made a decision. And so we're to leave her job, we're diving into it. But I think one thing that you said is like that you are selfish. And I actually like want to redefine that word because we have a negative (laughs) connotation to it. But anything else that we use the, what is it, suffix ish on is like, let's be more of that, right? Mm. It's more of that. Like, so if we think about the word self and ish, it's being more of yourself. Like, when did that become a bad thing, right? And I, I think that, entrepreneurship, like at the end of the day is learning to trust yourself as opposed to your boss, your teacher, somebody else, your partner, whoever, who act like they know more than you. 
but it's your life. And if you have a desire to do this, you know, you want to get free and like live life on your own terms by owning properties, right? I think my opinion is a lot of the times that reason, uh, the reason that people fail is that like they don't stick it out long enough or they don't have support from like somebody who's done it, right? So mm-hmm. if I'm buying property, which makes me super nervous, but I know is a good investment, there's no way I'm just going to be like, I think I'll just look on the internet and buy something, right? I'm 100% hiring someone like you to help me. What do I do? How do I make, how do I shorten the timeline? You know, how do I make a better, uh, make it more likely that I'm going to succeed, yeah. right? And I think like with my clients, so over 75% of them who've come to me in jobs have quit with, while we're working together. And so I've seen this process over and over and over and over, over the past five and a half years. It, it's not about having a set number in the bank. It's not about, you know, having a certain number of clients or anything like that. It's about the point at which they trust themselves enough to make that decision. Do they trust themselves enough to go, no matter what, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure it out. There are a million different ways that I could make this successful. Here's the one that I'm working in front of me right now. Have I always figured my life out to this point? Yes. Right. Have I always succeeded in some way or like figured out how to pay my bills, figured out how to whatever? Yes. Because they're still here. Right. And they're still connected to me on the internet, you know? So like, are there ways that they can get resourceful and figure, figure it out? as opposed to like sitting in fear and fight or flight and listening to the people around them who are saying they're concerned, trying to keep them safe. But really that's out of fear as well. Hmm. Right. So are we going to listen to the people who aren't actually doing the thing? Like my wonderful, amazing grandmother who was born in the great depression here in the U S on a farm without running water. She is like, what the heck? Like she knows how to FaceTime and zoom now. But she's like, Christine, every time I talk to her, Christine, you know, not everybody can start a business, right? Look at this person. Look at this person. Look at this person. You know, this isn't for everyone, right? I've been doing this for five and a half years, right? Um, Yes, I know, Graham. I know. And I'm not trying to help everyone. I'm trying to help people who already know they want to, right? But she's trying to keep me safe. Now, you know, you (laughs) might run out of people to help at some point. There's only four and a half billion people online, Christine, (laughs) right? I mean- God bless her. Like, and I get it. You know, that wasn't her experience. This, she didn't have these opportunities. Right. But if we listen to those voices, which we want to listen to because we love, we love our family. We love our friends. We don't want to lose them. We don't want to be kicked out of the tribe. Right. This is primal. But also like there has never been a better time to be alive and want to own your own business. Never, ever, ever. Like you're freaking you bought property in Dubai. Like, what is that? You know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so it's so easy now with the internet to get your message out there and get the brand out there, connect with people. And I think most, well, not most, all businesses are pretty much people businesses. You connect what? with people, you know? And, and I think most businesses are, most entrepreneurs have built a business through solving a problem. So they had a problem and they needed to solve it and then they built a business because it also solves problems for other people. It's not about the knowledge. You know, it's not about the knowledge. Everyone can read books. Everyone can, you know, understand the knowledge of it all. It's about solving the problems. And then, yes, you get the knowledge on the way, and that makes you better at solving the problems. Uh, But I find too many people, 
want to get all the knowledge and then don't take any action. And that's the, that's even worse than not getting the knowledge, you know, just don't do anything, just continue doing what you're doing. Yes. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, like, God, we can, like, I can go on Facebook as I've done in the last couple of weeks with my, you know, deal sourcer in Dubai. And I'm like talking to landlords in Dubai over Facebook. And then I'm saying, right, my guy's going to come and look at your property. You know, it's like, you couldn't do that 20 years ago. Exactly. You'd have to go to Dubai and get on the ground and, you know, and start making inquiries. And, 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 yeah. and that's, that just opens up so many doors for so many people. Um, if you've got that vision and, and if you've got that drive. And I think um, the, the other thing as well about the people giving you advice normally have absolutely zero knowledge in what they're giving advice about. Exactly. So, you know, most people say, oh, well, I'm not going to work with that coach or pay that coach because he doesn't know enough. All right, okay, but then they're going to listen to the, someone who knows even less. And, and, and it's like, for me, I'm just like, wh- where does that work? And I think it comes, as you say, from the fact that it's, fam- it's normally friends and family and close, close uh, colleagues that are giving them that information. But um, it's, it's a strange old setup, and I think you've just got to live in your own little bubble. This is what I do. I live in my own bubble. I don't watch the news. I stopped watching the news about four years ago. And, um, I don't, you know, people say, well, do you not need to be keeping up with the property market stuff? You know, the crashes, the stocks, all this. No, I'm living in my bubble. I'll take actions based on what I think at that time, based on my gut feeling and I'll ride with it. And I'll also ride with the consequences. If I get it wrong, the news in my eyes have never, ever, ever predicted anything right for decades. So like, why are they going to start now? But if I, so many landlords sat on the fence in 2018 and didn't buy a property because Brexit was apparently mm. going to wipe 30% of the house market. The house market went up 2%. Mm. So all those people sat on the sideline because some journalist yeah. who has no knowledge in property is, is more than likely doesn't own any property is like saying Brexit's going to knock 30% off the house prices because he's got a bit of data. And um, our life is all about this. And, uh, you know, we're... We're both invested quite heavily in our current um, path to success, yeah. and we we are we're not necessarily getting knowledge. We're just getting clarity every week on what our next best step is for our business. And nine times out of ten, we solve our own problems in our own head when we're asking the questions. But yeah. that's all you need. It's a bouncing board, and it's a support network that yeah. you bounce off, and um, and then you build relationships, and you. Uh, engage at a higher level and and that's for me is what what you get involved in when you join communities you join tribes and and you want to take it to the higher level we could probably all figure it out eventually if we just don't do what you said earlier and don't quit yeah we'll get there eventually but i i don't want eventually i want now in fact as my builders they they often joke with me because i'll give them the keys to new house and they're like when do you want this doing i'm like well yesterday (laughs) so like, you know, now they, they're, they're running jokes. I give them the keys and they're like, you want it done yesterday? I'm like, yep, you got it. You know, let's crack on. And, and I'm like that with business. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to be, you know, working until 65, 70 and, you know, slogging the guts out. It's, I want to be done in the next few years and that's mm. that. So to make that happen, you've got to put everything in your toolbox to accelerate those results. Yep. And by yep. doing that, you invest in people that have already done it. That's the, that's the quickest way to do it. Exactly, exactly. And I think it, it, it even a much, much stronger argument in my eyes when you're talking about investing in property. Like, 
because the the property mm, investing in property or whatever is so much um, larger of a potential investment than starting a um, service based business like what I do. You know, because if I'm looking at buying a house for a hundred thousand um, or a million or anywhere in between, like gosh, it seems like it would make a lot of sense to invest several thousand dollars to help me make the most of those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds, right? And so I think it's like, like you said, we could get there, of course, but like, we want it now. We're entrepreneurs. We are very future focused. And you um, you said it. I mean, paying to be in the room with people who are also doing it and who can support you when nobody in your family or your life gets it. Like mm. most of my friends are virtual, which is very convenient during a pandemic, <laughs> you know, but I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old, like people who are in a similar stage of life as mine, most of them are not thinking about growing a seven-figure business. They're like heads down in, in, you know, parenthood, in the craziness of the season of life or in their jobs or whatever. And so I look around and I'm like, where are my people? They're online and that's okay, you know? But if I wasn't, like if I didn't meet people like you, then I would be like, I'm the only one in the world who's doing this in this way. I shouldn't do it, right? So sitting around people who are like sharing their wins and going, this this worked, this didn't. Hey, let's help each other here. Like that's so freaking valuable. And it's so important to, in my opinion, I mean, I think, that's I think it, it also drives you to do more. Like, yes. you know, yes. if you're seeing that there, like, I'm so competitive. Like I've, I was brought up with very sporting backgrounds, you know, played sport at very high levels. Um, and I'm so competitive and I have been since I was a kid. So my eldest is exactly the same. And, um, you know, I, I, I want to be the best at everything I do. So when I see somebody like posting, I'm like, damn, they are like so far ahead of me right now. Like, what do I need to do? And it, you know, and it, and it gets you out of bed to, to do more and drive more. And that's, that's also for me why you you know you should invest in communities you know yeah. you should get around the right type of people who are striving for the same thing you know and I see it in my network um, you know with my clients you know they're all uh, so I have awards that I give for getting to certain levels and they're all chasing the awards and um, you know and that might seem like a very cliche type of thing but it's all about the mindset and driving it you know and ultimately they they want to do it and they want to be you know the first to do it or the next to do it so they're all pushing and and before they know it they're like oh i've got a property portfolio on the back of just trying to go for that award you know and it's all has like these you know (laughs) yeah like it's just a a little goal but then all of a sudden the bigger outcome is they've built a property portfolio behind it and um you know and and that's i think i think you've you've got to be a bit competitive and I think you've got to, to want, want it deep enough. And I think the ones that don't make it are, and this doesn't even just property, this is just in general life are the ones that just, they, they'll always create an excuse for why they can't do something rather than figure out the problem and solve it. Yes. And you might not figure it out the first time. You might not even figure it out the 10th attempt, but as long as you get it the 11th, then you're going to move forward. And, and you know, it's, um, it, 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 everyone's path's totally different. I've had I've had a few businesses before I stumbled on this one, you know, and um, it, it, it's 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 all different. It just you know it takes you in different ways, and I'm sure 
like I'm going in a bit of a different direction now. I'm moving into kind of the development sector now, you know. So my my stepping stones of the property business, they they tend to go in this way. And then you get onto bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger stuff. And, you know, now I'm stepping into the development world and, you know, that's exciting. But again, it brings more risk. It brings more problems. It brings more of a financial input. Um, but on the other side of it is a bigger reward, yeah. you know, more security long term and, and everything else that comes with it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, what was your first, very first, um, like, investment in property? Well, it was probably my house that I bought when I was 20. Um, and I became an accidental landlord by obviously then I, I met my now wife at the time girlfriend and we decided to move into her flat. So I decided to rent that out. But, but back then, like I basically got given that house from the builder. Like I got a 5% gifted deposit. They put all the carpets and everything in for me. And at, at the time, so this was like 2007, 2006, maybe. As, as you know, mortgage companies were just writing checks without even checking anything. <laughs> so uh, it was very easy and totally different to what it is right now. Uh, but I actually was a really bad landlord, um, uh, and it put me off. It cost me a lot of money to to get that house back into order, and I just thought, what's the point in doing this? And so, it, you know, it wasn't I'm. It wasn't until the last few years that I really started taking this seriously. But when you do take this game seriously uh, and keep it simple – and I think that's the key to most businesses. People yes. think they've got to be complex and, yes. you know, complicated. They're not. Just keep it simple. Focus on the simple tasks that move the needle in terms of the revenue. And the rest of it kind of takes care of itself because you just can pay people to do that part for you. You don't necessarily have to do it because you've got the revenue coming front end. I remember when I was on um, a mentorship with Grant Cardone and he – everyone kept talking about his lifestyle and how he's like spending loads and, you know, he's got these huge offices and da, 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 da. And he was like, I just make more money. I don't, I don't worry about my costs. I just worry about making more money, hmm. you know? And, uh, and whereas I think a lot of businesses kind of go, Oh, well, if we can save money off the back end, then we don't need to sell as much on the front end. And his attitude was just like, I'll just make more money. We'll just drive more sales. We'll acquire more buildings. We'll sell more products, you know. And and that mindset for me is really stuck. Is just mm. um, I try to be obviously as efficient as I can on the back end. But I, if I, you know, I, I've just hired someone else for my team um, to find more properties for us, you know. So that's an increase in basic cost. It's an increase in commission. Da yeah. da da. But. I know that if I just put the time and effort in working with them, I'll get the result from them, which will benefit the business. So it's it's not a cost. I don't need to be efficient by saying, oh, well, I'll not get that extra person. I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll do this. I'm going to get them and I'll work with them. We'll have KPIs and we'll get the results. And then the business does better. I give them a great job and they'll learn very well. And, yeah. and, and the whole thing continues to, to, to build up and up. And I think having that mindset is – that was a game changer for me, having the mindset that employees aren't expensive, they're an investment if you manage them correctly. Yes. And when you start to think like that, your, your world changes, you know, or your business mm. changes. Um, but time and time again, you do see it where, and I've made this mistake as well, where you employ somebody, you give them a laptop, you say, oh, that's your job, and then you just crack on and, and do what you want to do. And, and then like three weeks later, they've not performed and you're sacking them. And it's like, well, it's no wonder you didn't give them any help. You know, you've not supported them. If they were self-starters, they'd have created their own business. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you know, that's such a good point. You should write a book um, about that, Ryan. 
<laughs> I am thinking about writing another book. Um, but uh, the first one was quite, I don't know, it was quite hard to write, but I've had some great reviews from it. So it does kind of spur you on to do another one. So Yeah, yeah, same. Um, I'll tell you what. So I wrote a book as well. If I write, when I write, when I write another one. Um, I'm just, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to have somebody interview me who asks great questions. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to have it transcribed. And then I'm going to give it to an editor to format it. The end. Yeah. There's yeah. such a mental thing. I'm, I'm a writer. I've always been a writer. But when it's like, it's a book, then suddenly I'm like staring at the Google Doc cursor blank. Well, I, I, my, I wrote my last book. So I, I set, a, I set a target out last. So it was January last year. I was like, I'm going to write a book. I wrote about 10 pages and I was like, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, again, it came down like, is this serving me? I can be, you know, generating more revenue by finding more properties, you know? So I stopped and then lockdown happened. And then we came out of lockdown and I was like, I was like all about my time. I, I started like really thinking about my time and how I use it. So I, um, I realized when I was at the gym, I would spend about 15, 20 minutes sat on a bench staring into space in between my reps. Okay. So what I did was I put my go- I put my book onto Google Docs on my phone, and I thought every time I'm doing a, a, a rest through the reps, yeah. I'm going to write some, some of my book. And I did that for four months solid every single time I went to the gym. I was going to the gym five, six times a week, so I was doing like 20 minutes a day, five, six times a week. And then, you know, four months later, I had a book with like 40,000 words. So it was um, – it was just a case of, and it just, that, that for me is like, if you're just consistent in what you do on a daily basis yeah. and not think about the result too much, the result will eventually just appear. And bit by bit, you get over it, even if you don't enjoy doing it. And, um, and that was, that was the thing. But I have since then thought if I do a book now, um, so like any of the PDF guides that I put together or eBooks and stuff like that, I just dictate them into my notes. And then I, and then I ask, uh, you know, my marketing team to put them together and reword them. And I, I'll probably do exactly what you're saying there. Just something fairly similar. And, um, and yeah, so, but it's more of a, I think writing a book, it's, you don't really do it for the money. It's more just a, I think it's good to tell people about your story and, and, yeah. um, and help others and, you know, I'm not expecting to be an Amazon bestseller and earn millions from it. You know, it's just if, if that book can help inspire a few people, then that's that's all it's about. And I think nowadays you can publish a book at very minimal cost so that, you know, you're not having to get a, a book deal and preload 10 grand's worth of books or whatever. Right. So, right. Um, you know, and if that helps people, a bit like the podcasts and stuff, yep. you know, we have some great guests on all the time and you know i constantly get you know dms saying you know they love the guests and can we get them back on or can we get more people like that or we you've really helped me get over this hurdle and that hurdle Mm -hmm. you know and 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 that's what it's for so um so yeah so what um what does 2021 hold for you well i am pivoting my business um to kind of again like move toward my zone of genius, which is really helping people to build their audience and their client base for, you know, for coaches, for consultants, well, really for anybody who wants to become the go-to person um, with, with leveraged strategies instead of just cranking one-to-one-to-one-to-one all the time, right? So it's like podcast guesting is a specialty of mine 
and um, I teach it. I do it and I teach it in a way that nobody else is doing. And so I really want to help people like go from best kept secret where they're good at what they do, but they just need more people and their audience because if they had more leads, they could sell, right? And also they might not feel like they have the time to do that all one-to-one-to-one on Facebook or wherever, mm-hmm. Instagram. So helping them learn how to position themselves and and get in front of people and deliver a solid, like you said, valuable interview that also attracts people to them. And then, then you know, selling um, from that on the back end rather than feeling like they have to find, chase down clients, spend a bunch of money on ads, build out a complicated funnel. Like I want to help people like use their voice and their story to grow their businesses and make a bigger impact. So that's what I'm up to. What about you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, just a quick question on that, and then I'll come on to your question. Um, for my audience, they let's assume they're just getting into the property game. Yeah. What would your top tips be to help them get their awareness, attract those leads, build their brand? If they're just getting – okay, but they're building a personal brand. Around. I think I think I think business now is a personal brand. You I know, think. I think gone are the days of your corporate, you know, Wall Street logo and everyone sits in suits behind the logo. I think now it is it's a personal brand. You know, I had I've got my personal brand and I've got my company, um, the property company. I put my picture onto the property company logo on all my social media and got more engagement just by simply doing that. So it just shows the person behind the logo. And that, so I think all businesses now are personal brands. Yes. Um, yes. But yeah, I would say m- most most property businesses will be entrepreneurs running a personal brand. Yeah, totally, um, totally. Um, so, so what I would say is exactly what you said. Wherever you're going to be most active, like if it's Facebook, if it's Instagram, make sure that your profile reflects that. Your public profile reflects that. Have a decent profile picture, not one of you like partying last night. Have a cover photo that describes what you do. Have a little short bio that says what you do so that whoever you're interacting with, when they connect with you, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, wherever, one place, pick one place where you have the most people or you're most active, they get what you're up to, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a credibility factor. And then from there, it's like, I would say, where do you want to, do you want to talk or do you want to write? Like, where do you want to explode your visibility? And I prefer um, podcast guesting. There are literally twice as many podcasts right now as there were a year ago at this time. So you are never going to run out of places to be on and share your expertise and knowledge, right? And grow the people who want to, who you want to work with, whatever that looks like for you. If you're more of a writer, there's a huge opportunity on places like Medium.com, it has a lot of success, like HuffPo, Thrive Global, some other places, um, you know, like the Today Show has a blog as well here in the, here in the US, of course, it's international. Like you can get clients that way as well if you're more of a writer, but pick one like super leverage strategy and then go all in on that. Drive people to your profile. It doesn't matter if you don't have a funnel or anything like that. Connect with them. They will already be way more warmed up to work with you uh, in whatever capacity than if you just ran an ad or if you had to 
make them see a bunch of your Facebook posts first because they will have hung out with you in the case of podcast guesting in their car, in their home, wherever, at the gym for like a half hour. And there is no other strategy that can take someone from cold to sold faster because Hmm. you're not competing with everything else on social media. So do that. I think that's why video is so powerful as well these days because people can just instantly connect with the the people behind the video. You know, you can get the mannerisms, the way they talk, the language they use, the tribal language that they use. You know, they they they, they can you can quickly connect with people just by by video. Whereas for me, I think the written word serves its purpose, and I think it needs to be done. But I think for me, it's it's all about videos, and I quite often get people who I say it all the time, you've got to be documenting your journey. So I'm. Talk, coming on to kind of what I'm on up to this year. So I've, I've just acquired two big developments. I'm going to turn them into um, hopefully 26 flats. We should find out later today, tomorrow on the plan on that. But um, I decided I'm going to document this whole thing because it's my first step into big development stuff. So I thought, do you know what? I'm, I didn't do it when I started last time in terms of from the very first uh, acquisition. But this one, I'm going to develop it from start to finish. The big one's going to be a 12 to probably 18-month project. Um, it's basically uh, going to be four stories, 16 flats, and the building at the minute is, well, it might as well just come down. It's that bad. So it's it's not, we, it, we can't pull it down, I wouldn't imagine, but um, it, it's bad. So I just want to document that. So yesterday we went and met the architect there. So I've hired uh, my production crew for the whole time. They're going to come on every visit and we're going to just, so yesterday we took 350 photographs there or thereabouts. We did a video and then we'll start piecing this together and putting it on the, the YouTube channel and out on social media. Um, why do I want to do that? One, because I firmly believe that the more I do of that, the more investors I will attract who might be interested in either funding that deal or, well, probably not that deal because I haven't funded, but future deals. And let's be honest, once I've done that, I'm not going to then go, oh, I'm just going to go smaller now and do smaller things. I'm probably going to want to do bigger things. And, you know, and this is why I say all the time, people should be just telling people what you do all the time and showing people what you do, no matter what stage of the process you're at. Because, you know, if you're just trying to buy your first buy a let property, then, or even, you know, quite on a rental arbitrage strategy, whatever, document the journey of that. And then once you've got it, next time, there might be someone who's interested in supporting you on that. And then maybe you can get five the next time rather than just the one. And, you know, but... Too many people, I think, are so scared of getting on video that they they actually don't realize what that's costing them in terms of results for their business and results for their for their also personal growth. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hated getting on video when I first started. Like, I watch some of my early YouTube videos back every now and then. Normally, when I'm drunk and taking the, <laughs> taking the piss out of myself, but um, it's uh, or more more likely my friends are taking the piss out of me, but. Uh, it's uh and you're just like oh my god like what what was i how did i sound and what did i look like and how bad is that but you know you got to start somewhere and you can't be perfect at the beginning and and if you have that attitude i think you'll go a long way whereas if you constantly overanalyze stuff and try and oh i've got to have the perfect ad i've got to shoot the perfect video you're never going to get anything out there and you're definitely not going to get volume of stuff out there and i think volume at the minute is more important than quality Mm. Okay, I have a question. Why were you so scared to be on camera? It wasn't so much scared. I think um, the, uh, it wasn't so much scared. It's, well, I think probably at first it's that whole, 
my mates are going to take the piss out of me, you know, and, you know, everyone's going to think, what's he doing? So I think, and I think that's, that's probably one of the biggest fear factors for most people. Yeah. Um, after I overcame that, I, um, I guess it was, when you watch them back, you realize how much you stutter and chuck in yeah. like ums and uhs. And, and I, you probably still do that now, but not as much. Uh, but it's, yeah, I think you've just got to, it's just one of those things you've just got to get over. Just shoot 10 of them, even if it's to yourself in the mirror. Yes, yes. yes. And and you'll get used to it, you know, and then and now you get used to it. It's actually quite funny because I took, obviously I took my um, photographer down yesterday and one of the guys was there, like the architect did not want to be in the photographs. He like made a few comments. He was, he was pretty much like, I, I could see he was a bit uncomfortable with it. And I was like, don't worry, I'm not going to put your faces on anything. And then, um, my other mate texted me saying, oh, I've never been in a situation where I feel like I'm getting a paparazzi sort of <laughs> thing before, uh, you know, whereas for me, it was just like, I didn't, I don't even know it's like the clicking going on anymore in the background, you yeah, know, yeah, so yeah. it's just one of those, it's reps, isn't it? You do reps of totally. stuff and, and the more reps you do, the, the better you get at stuff and, and that's the same, whether it be calling estate agents to try and find properties, calling investors to try and find money, calling landlords to try and do rental agreements. The more of it you do, the the, the better it becomes, the easier it yeah. becomes. And normally, the better you get at it, so the better results you get at it. Yep. Same with adverts, isn't it? Same with marketing, same with writing copy, you know, okay. everything. You know, you just get better and better. You know, why does, not so much now, would David Beckham go to training every day of his football mm-hmm. career? Because, you know, he needs to get better. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Why do these, I, so I worked at the 2012 London Olympics, and I... I got to work um, ringside um, at basketball, which is really cool because obviously that's a huge sport here. And um, so I got to sit next to the bench uh, for for one of the U.S. games. And this is like Kobe and um, Kobe and LeBron and like Anthony Davis and these absolute legends, right? Kevin Durant. And the coach is this tiny little 60-something white man. Okay. Who normally coaches university, but he's the coach for the U S Olympic team. And I am watching these guys who are at the absolute like peak of everything, physicality, talent. Like, I mean, you want to talk about like testosterone. I was like, I'm sweating just watching (laughs) the emotion and the competition of these guys. Right. And they're listening to this little man who is more than twice their age and less than half their size. And that took them to the gold. And like, I will never forget that because, oh my gosh, why do we think that we need to figure this all out on our own for free when these hundred something millionaires are being coached by this little university basketball coach and it's enough to get them to Olympic gold, right? Like, but you know what? Those guys are always learning, right? Mm. The people who are at the absolute like best in the world, they're always learning. And so I think it's like a mindset of being willing to try new things, to get out of our own way, to stop just playing it safe. Like there's this quote that everything that you want is on the other side of your fear. And I think fear is designed to keep us safe because it did thousands of years ago when we lived in tribes and caves and stuff. But 
it doesn't really serve most of us who are wanting to get into entrepreneurship or grow mm -hmm. our businesses because it's just keeping us back from taking those actions, putting in those reps. You know, how many reps did has LeBron done, right, over the course of his career, right? And he still probably misses more shots than he makes. Oh, so, yeah. like, how do we apply those things to our business and just take, like, the smallest steps? Awesome. I think we will wrap up on that fine um, fine ending. Uh, so powerful what you've just said there. And um, thank you very much for, 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 for being on. And um, I'm sure the listeners are going to love this episode. Um, as always, don't forget to leave a review. And um, Christine, thank you very much for coming on board. Thank you for having me. This has been a blast. No problem.